Exposure to the ideas and cultures and trade of growing up in Tarsus, his culture and education and training. It's amazing how many things God used from his past to enable him to do his work. That's at least part of what Paul meant when he said God is able to work all things out for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. Yet that very thing is something we often fail to appreciate. Your experiences in life, both good and bad, your training, your education, your skills, God does not lose those things or waste those experiences. Through them, we are shaped. Our lives are formed into the person God wants to make us. And if we let Him, God will use those experiences for His glory. If you want to know how God can use you, a good indication is look at how He shaped your life the experiences you've gone through, the things you may not have even given much attention to or thought to, God is more than able to use and take those things and weave them together for Him. And if you want to know how to talk to someone about your faith, again, learn from Paul. He talked about his story. His example of sharing what his life was like before he knew Christ, how he came to realize his need, how he gave his life to Christ, how his life was different as a result. All of those things Paul talks about openly as he shares his faith. That's how we do it too. We need Christ, Christ alone, because on our own, Paul says, no matter how hard we try, how sincere we may be, we'll never be justified or declared right before God. There's no halfway. Paul's example shows when he gave his heart to Christ, he gave it all. Paul said such things as, if we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. Whether we live or die, we belong to him. He said we, to live is Christ, to die is even gain. He counted the cost and it was worth it. That's the man. His mission, he says, Paul, an apostle, sent not from men nor by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. His mission was centered around that word apostle. In the classical Greek, the word apostle originally referred to a naval expedition, being sent out or off with our orders. Over time, it came to mean simply someone who is sent out, often referring to an envoy or an an ambassador, someone acting under and speaks with the authority of someone else. That, Paul says, is who he was, the defining force of his life. He didn't choose it. He didn't rely on his credentials. He looked to God. God was the one, he said, an apostle sent not by man but by God in Jesus Christ. So facing difficulty and trial, people questioning him and his motives, he wasn't worried about that because he knew God was behind him. That fact is crucial. For in Galatians, we find him defending himself time and again against those who said he was wrong. He wasn't one of the original 12. Because if they could discredit Paul, they could discredit his message. But Paul says, my credentials don't come from men. They didn't come from Jerusalem. They came from God. They come from meeting Christ. 
You know, it's not just missionaries and pastor, but every one of us are called by God. We just often don't recognize it. Your area of calling and ministry will be different from one another's. It may be at school. It may be at the store or restaurant you work at. It may be in the office, in your neighborhood. But wherever we are, we are called and we are commissioned just by, like Paul, not by men, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father. Your confidence, your hope must be based on him, not these other things. It's unfortunately, not unfortunate, but too often we do place our faith in things like the packaging, the charisma of someone, the size of their audience, rather than the content of their heart and the calling of their God. Many will listen to anyone who claims to have something to say, as long as it's packaged correctly. Sometime back, uh, the cover story for Christianity Today magazine was about Oprah Winfrey, saying that with a congregation at this time of over 22 million viewers, she had become one of the most influential spiritual leaders in America. A Vanity Fair article around the same time said, Oprah Winfrey arguably has more influence on the culture than any university president, politician, or religious leader except perhaps the Pope. She's a talk show host. That's her credentials. Yet so many hang on every word as gospel truth because of the packaging. And trust her to define spirituality. And I'm not picking on her. There's all kinds of people that do that. Paul said, I know who I have believed in, and I am convinced that he is able to guard what I've entrusted to him for that day. His faith wasn't in himself or in people. It was in God. So he wouldn't be silenced. His mission, that sense of calling, pushed him forward regardless of what others said or thought or what opposition he faced. It was like Martin Luther, who was certain of his call as he stood before the Pope's tribunal, trained as a Catholic priest, yet he stood before them with the threat of death hanging over his head, and he said simply, if I had a thousand heads, I would have them all cut off rather than recant. I cannot recant. I will not recant. Here I stand. What's your confidence on? Is it on yourself or society's standards? Or is it on God in your life? We need that same passion, that awareness that we are called and sent by God. Because Jesus did say, you will be my witnesses. So now go, make disciples, help other people hear about me. That's the mission. And his message, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father to whom be glory forever and ever. It's more than just an introduction. That is, in a sense, the essence of his message. Galatians contains a strong stand that salvation is by faith alone, not by works. It's not based on what you do or being good. Paul had tried it that way, and he knew it didn't work. He tried obeying the law. and said he was faultless, but something was missing. He could never do enough. God did something for us, Paul says, in Christ that we could never hope to do for ourselves. That's the message. 
The question Paul faced was, how can you and I, who are by nature sinful, like Jeff pointed out earlier, win the favor of a God who is holy? And his answer was simply, you can't. The only way it can be done is a gift. It's a grace of God. Stop trying to earn it by what you do and don't do. Christ becomes the source of salvation. His death and resurrection bring that forgiveness to those who respond. That's grace, a gift from God. It rescues, it delivers us from this present evil age, he says here in verse 4. And with that grace comes that peace that passes understanding. Peace meaning wellness or wholeness or total well-being. Those two characteristics, grace and peace, are the two things the law by its nature could never offer. The law doesn't offer grace because it says we have to work hard and be good enough and keep all the commands. It's something you earn. Grace says it's a gift. And if it's earned, how can you ever know whether you've done quite enough? You can never really have peace and well-being because there's always going to be that shadow of doubt. Did I miss something? Did I do something? Is something lacking in my life? No peace. The emphasis then in Galatians is not on us and what we do, but on God and what he does in us through Jesus Christ. New life. Changed life. Paul may have only been five feet tall, but he did touch the sky. Don't get caught up in the packaging. The message is that you and I are sinners separated from God. There's nothing you can do about it. But what's impossible for you is more than possible for God. So he sent Jesus to die in our place, to take our sins upon himself, paying the price for our failure. Then he rose from the dead, conquered sin, and offers life. But he won't force it. You have to accept it and follow. Faith isn't just a set of beliefs. It's a life commitment to the person of Jesus Christ. And God offers through that to rescue from the present evil age according to the will or the desire of God the Father. And if you haven't already done so, the invitation is to open your heart to him. That's the message of Galatians. That's the invitation this morning for us as we close our worship time together. If you haven't done so, God's offer of grace and peace stand. Will you receive them into your life? Will you join me in prayer? Our Father, as we close our time of worship together, we thank you for the example of this man who you used to touch the sky. And you invite us to join with him. You use our lives, our experiences, our training, our past to grow closer and to help others know you. Use us, we pray, God. And if there is anyone that has not experienced that grace and peace that Jesus Christ offers, Lord, work with their hearts. Convince them of your love and your grace and mercy that they might discover for themselves who you really are. For we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. sins and griefs to bear.
주께 